Welcome to another episode of Area 51. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. It's, uh, we've been getting some pretty good numbers on our episodes and uh, it's always heartwarming to see folks listen to our stuff. So thanks for tuning in and uh, we've got some exciting stuff lined for you today. And uh, yeah, we actually have somebody else other than us on the podcast, uh, a really accomplished person, a filmmaker to, to say the least, um, at least one of her accomplishments. Um, I'd like to introduce uh, Vidyut Latte to our podcast episode. Hi, Vidyut. Hi. How's how's everything going? Going great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for agreeing to uh, come on our show. Appreciate it. Of course. More than happy to be here. So we, you know, Sanjay and I started this podcast to talk about Indians living in the US. And uh, one thing we have understood is that you can't talk about Indians living here without bringing our favorite topic of discussion, which is the immigration backlog. And, you know, we, we keep hoping for reform. We keep having uh, passionate debates about this issue with our friends. and But we never bring it on a public platform. But today we have you here with us. You're, you're someone who's, uh, who's a filmmaker, who's uh, put your skills and powers to good use, coming out of the documentary called Alien. We're so excited to talk about that and how it's going to impact all of us here and the message that it contains. So welcome to our show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and yeah, looking forward to an alien chat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ask the first question. Uh, what was your inspiration for the title of, of this documentary? Yeah, I know. Quite a title, right? Because uh, we are talking about uh, whenever we talk about immigrants, you know, at the end of the day, we do talk about belonging and how we can be included and how we can be a part of the system and, of course, of this country. But, yeah, the title Alien is, and there's a story to it. You'll have to bear with me. I arrived in this country in 2006. Okay. I married my, uh, you know, college uh, best friend, sweetheart, you know, I mean, and we were like, you know, nice. young and we just arrived here. Uh, we came actually we met in Baroda and then we got married he was already here in the US he had come here in 2003 but I was working okay. there in the media industry and I quit everything and got married and came here the first step it was in San Francisco at, at San Francisco International Airport okay and it was my first international travel okay, okay. remember that so it okay. was my first time I was stepping out of India very excited wow. oh, newly married just you know in all that excitement <laughs> uh, we arrived and the first thing of course you have to go through immigration right <laughs> so before anything you you can you can begin doing in, in a new country you have to go through immigration and yeah and my husband is a very practical person he was like come on let's quickly finish the immigration we have to get the baggage and then we have to drive like 45 minutes one hour you know to Santa Clara where we where you know he had his home there okay. uh, and our new home so I said, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, let's do that. And then I we stepped out of the uh, aircraft. We are getting into that immigration, you know, area. Uh -huh. And I suddenly see, you know, it's there's a it's a vast area, and there are these like two distinct queues, right? Okay. And one is labeled as U.S. citizens. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and okay. the other is labeled as aliens. <laughs> and I still remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. What a welcome! What a welcome to the United States. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And I just literally froze in that moment. And he's like, what happened? I'm like, alien? Who are aliens? And he's like, that's us, immigrants. I'm like, wow. And, you know, so that was the moment I, I mean, I still remember that moment. And I would say that was the trigger. 2006 was the trigger. Because I have to be honest with you, I was so upset. I was so sad, disgusted, disappointed throughout the journey. <laughs> from San Francisco to Santa Clara and we were newly married and my husband was like are you okay are you liking it you know are you looking at the roads how is it I'm like whatever I don't care you know just the fact that you know that actually I'm I'm called an alien in this country that stuck with me and not that you know immediately of course after going there you know we started getting acclimatized with our new lives 
Uh, right. But it stayed with me. And I and be, being a media person, I always wanted to make my film. So I started working on actually a film about H4 visas because I was on H4 on an H4 visa. Wow. But then later on, I realized that, you know, the, the broken immigration or for that matter, the immigration issues that haunt especially Indian immigrants is much, mm -hmm. much, you know, larger and beyond just an H4 visa, right? Okay. So I, in fact, stalled that project and went ahead and made another documentary about deaf people in India. But this, wow. again, this documentary stayed with me. It's not that, okay. you know, I, I shelved the project and I said, okay, I'm not going to do anything about it. And then uh, later on, I decided that I really want to make this film about high-skilled legal immigrants. And then okay. my husband said, you should, you should have the title Alien. I'm like, really? He said, yeah, because I've seen your reaction to that word. And instead of thinking of any other title, just, you know, have it as Alien. I'm like, okay, it's Alien. So, so he actually so it's like suggested a 17-year <laughs> journey then, right? Like a 17-year journey since mm -hmm. you first. And it's crazy. You've kept that. That means it must have affected you so much that yeah. it stayed with you for 17 years. That's, yeah. that's, that's insane. And not just that, I think you must be one of those few people who actually commits to something that you have an idea of. Because like, I don't know Rahul for you, but I have like tons of these hobby projects and stuff <laughs> that I have in mind, but like they just die in that, you know, land where all my dreams go and through. But this is probably one of those people like literally from 2006 and like, I like know, moving, right? When she, yeah, the moment she said that date, I was like, oh my God. I was like, wait a minute. That was like 17 years ago. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's a dinosaur just... age. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to be honest with you. The title is amazing. Like, Thank that's you. how I found out about this. I was telling Sanjay, one, someone, some folks that I follow uh, on LinkedIn, right? they posted about this. Then I saw the title and I saw the, uh, I saw the trailer and it just hit. It hit so hard. I was like, damn, someone's finally done it. And I just loved the title. I have to say, it's just amazing. Thank you. I let my husband know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and no, that, that is the thing. Like it's, uh, I think a lot of people don't see how jarring a term like that can be, especially like America touts itself as the land of opportunity where everybody's welcome, you know, like um, I, I remember this, like I think there's this famous speech by Ronald Reagan um, where like he was saying that you can you can be a French citizen, but you can't be a Frenchman or like you can be a yeah. German citizen, yeah. you, you can't be a German, but but. Yeah. You come to America, you can actually be American. Like it, there's yes. no um, like a particular ethnicity or anything. It's so diverse. And and the and for somebody who's who's more coming to the United States for the first time, like like changing their livelihood and like moving yeah. to a new country, the first thing they they are facing is is something like this. Like you know, you're you are literally considered extraterrestrial you are yeah. not part of this uh, exactly. ground <laughs> and see we we have all grown up you know with a notion about who that you know alien that that word alien has some meaning and you know and rhetoric matters according to me you know of course you know if you're sitting close friends you know with a bunch <laughs> of three four people and if you're just blabbering anything yeah. nobody will ever care you know what you say but when you're putting it at you know at such a you know at such an open forum like something like an international airport you know where people from all walks of life from different parts of the world and just look at the i mean the, the i mean the irony is that you know it's at san francisco okay which is like the yep. melting pot you know like you know <laughs> yep i mean could you even Im imagine any other place, right? San Francisco and just imagine like Silicon Valley, right? With, with, yeah. with its yeah. proximity yeah. to Silicon Valley. Most of the techies or whoever, you know, is coming from different parts of the world, they would probably be coming to San Francisco. Of course, you have San Jose International Airport, but still San Francisco is the hub. So that was the biggest, you know, irony. I felt, oh my God, like if you're labeling people as aliens and, you know, these are all these people coming from different parts of the world. It's so unwelcoming, right? You could think of a better word. Come on. I mean. <laughs> and just in case people misunderstood, they've added non-resident as well. Non-resident alien. Just alien no. wasn't bad enough. Non-resident alien. Correct. Exactly. I mean, that is again. Yeah. So that alien word and we all grew up with some understanding of alien. We know yeah. who aliens are. And then if you ask, like I have, um, I have a seven-year-old son and I asked the other day, you know, I was telling him about my film. And he's like, oh, okay, so what is it called, mommy? I'm like, it's called Alien. So he's like, oh, okay, he's like, alien? So who the are aliens? The concept is alien to him. <laughs> exactly. 
So I asked him, I said, do you know, you know, like who are aliens? And he he told me who aliens are. And he exactly described, you know, what Steven Spielberg's films have taught us. And I was like, you know what? Mommy and daddy are called aliens here. He's like, really? <laughs> His eyes were wide open and he's just looking yeah. at me. I said, exactly. So, yeah. So that's why, you know, I, I, I'm very sensitive about that, um, right. that title and, you know, that word. And I just felt that it's very important for the larger, you know, public to know what it feels. So, you know, it's just to live with that term because we have all these alien numbers, advanced yeah. parole, you know. Like you said, it's not, we're not, we're not being made welcome at the end of the day. No, Exactly. That's where it is, you know. I mean, you, if you are not, I mean, in a, in a civilized world, in a first yeah. world country, which is built by immigrants, right? I mean, yep. America is built by immigrants. Yeah. Everybody yep. here. Yeah is an immigrant. Some people yep. came in centuries back. Some people came in few years back. Yep. But everybody is an immigrant unless you are an, you know, absolutely, uh, you yeah. know, you a know that you're American. a native yeah. born. You know, yeah. unless you're a native born, otherwise everybody is an immigrant. So nobody can really say that, oh, you know, you are, you know, you, this this country belongs to me and not to you. Because yeah. you also have come from somewhere, you know. Maybe you came centuries back and that's why. That's the only difference. So that's why I feel all the more, you know, it pinches you, it really hurts you because this is a country which is made by people like, you know, yep. us, you know. Agreed. It's like incomprehensible for me to understand when somebody must have sat down and written this, right? <laughs> somebody has done it, right? When somebody puts some policies in place, these are all typed and written and, you know, vetted by a bunch of people. So nobody thought about this, like, Alien, could we think of another word? I mean, that just shows that, you know, I don't know. It's just baffling to me. I mean, I wish I really, <laughs> oh, get, a, really get an opportunity. Like yeah. yeah, it is. And and I mean, it just speaks to like how dysfunctional that system is, right? The last time some sort of change was made in any, you know, immigration reform was before the internet. Before, yes. I think before 1993 or something like that, before Amazon or before... 19, yeah, so 1965 is the first time, you know, any sweeping immigration reform yes. happened, right? 1965, right. Went, yes. where it opened the opened up. gates yep. of immigration, right? But And yep. then after that, there have been only derivatives. So right. like the 1990 Immigration Act, of course, that is also important. But 1965 was the most pivotal moment. It is like, in fact, I mean, it has been said in so many research papers and data, which I, when I was researching, is that that is the first time and the last time any okay. sweeping immigration reform has happened, yep. 1965. And in 1990, wow. of course, you know, introduced the H-1Bs and, you know, the, the quotas and the 7% per country cap. That all happened in 1990. However, wow. from 1965 to 1990, and there have been few, you know, derivatives, but okay. nothing major has, and of course, and after that, any any immigration reform attempt has miserably failed. We all know that, yep, right? Yep, right. Yep, so, exactly. yeah. So, but yeah. So imagine 1965. Think about the world when it, in 1965, then in 1990, and now we are in 2023. Right. We are still carrying yeah. on the, you know, the same. Uh, the legacy. Yeah. It's like legacy. running on Windows 3.1, like uh, even today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that is the irony. Like I was talking to uh, doctors, you know, during, in, during the, interviewing or the film and they they were telling me or even for software engineers for everybody we all have to keep updating ourselves right mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. cannot say that this is what i learned during my you know graduation and now yeah. i don't care you know just because my job requires me i'm not going we don't we cannot afford to do that you yep. keep updating yourself you have right. to learn new skills you have to keep up with the world what about immigration you know immigration has not kept up with you know the demands of the new world right of the new, you know, it's new country, funny you new generation. That. The ah, other day, sorry. Sanjay and I were just playing around with Chat GPT for. We were like trying to do something for an episode, and we <laughs> put in, uh, we put in, uh, give us a funny take on H one B and the U S immigration system, right? And Chat GPT, I'm not kidding. It just starts off saying, uh, "In this modern <laughs> Hunger Games style of uh, of uh, picking folks and letting them into the country," and it just goes on with references from Hunger Games, Game of Thrones kind mm -hmm. of politics, and. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's it's hilarious, and this is just a machine that's giving us such astute observations. Nineteen ninety yeah. and nineteen sixty five has been what decades, right? Exactly. It's... I mean, imagine nineteen sixty five. I mean, that's yeah. really recorded. Like that was the last time any sweeping yeah. immigration reform has happened. The derivatives have, uh, of course, you know, led to um, formation of so many things like H one B, you know, and the right, seven percent right. 
country capital didn't do any anything good yeah. you know yeah speaking so, of speaking of that like as a, as a you know it shouldn't be occupation so is this your full time job like uh, when you were making the documentary are you like fully involved in this or you know how did you go about you know making this film yeah no that's a good question um so i'm basically i have a background in media broadcasting okay. in india okay. so i worked um, extensively for almost like 7 8 years before moving to the us i was working wow. in the television industry as an executive okay. producer i started as an assistant director producer director wow. worked with people like priya tendulkar i was the executive producer wow uh antakshri you know one of the most uh, oh yeah popular anu kapoor that's awesome yeah. yes. anu kapoor on ztv pallavi yeah. joshi yes so i was the executive producer for that program and several other programs on that channel then i moved on to times of india where they were launching a new uh, lifestyle and entertainment channel called zoom so i was oh, involved okay. during yeah during the launch of that channel um in india we call it channel here they call it network i mean it's the same thing channel network right. <laughs> so zoom network with that uh, background but you know somewhere down the line i had always started feeling that i want to make my own films because you know as an executive producer you're really you know in that creative supervisory role you know where you're giving inputs and lots of suggestions and you're working and schmoozing with producers and directors and all the creative people and it's fascinating i mean i right. enjoyed that role but i wanted to do it myself you know i wanted to get my own hands dirty i'm like i want to do it myself nice. so i was waiting really for the right opportunity and so that's why you know when we even decided that i will be moving here to us okay. or will my husband come back you know because he said i don't want you know to mess up your life and you know because you're doing so well here in mumbai i said no okay. no and and unknowns never really scare me i actually okay. like to get into unknown territories and just explore and you know like to challenge myself i think it's just it's just me so i said no no nice. let me see let me just come to you let's see come on you know let me explore it and and of course i came on it. <laughs> exactly and he's like are you sure i'm like yeah of course how bad can it be you know i literally <laughs> said how bad can it be i know i cannot work on h4 but come on how is it even possible that you cannot work i mean see the 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 fact that when you're working and you're having an independent existence as a human being uh in mumbai you know really enjoying that you know singlehood and having that independence when you right. move to us us okay and you're suddenly taken away all those basic human rights of you know living and working for yourself and earning a livelihood you know just just imagine the yeah. uh, in a first world country this is happening that you know you are just deprived of that basic uh your basic right to earn a living because you just become an extension of your spouse for people exactly. who don't understand right you get married and come yeah, you like, are dependent they're just so fascinated by the high life and then they didn't understand that they just get you just become an extension of your husband or wife whoever it is who has a visa and sponsoring you and it sucks i understand see there are people who make those choices that that's totally fine that should be their choice i right. i i completely believe in choices right i mean everybody of I mean, any any civilized person in today's world that if you don't want to work i mean come on i mean if you don't want to do that that's totally your choice but if somebody wants mm-hmm. to work earn money and then you are deprived you know of doing that that's right. not right right we are talking about choices here so of course if my choice was here to come and be independent that was definitely not going to happen right so when you ask me you know what, do i do this as a full time i wanted to do this as as a full time job but then mm-hmm. you know i came here on h4 i started studying because you know you cannot you cannot really survive in this country unless you are educated in this country yep. you cannot really get good jobs you know that was that was something i was always told so of course i went through gre and tofel oh, got an wow. admission in san francisco uh university and i was happy to go back to studies actually it was a welcome change for me you know after having a good you know executive level position it was like okay let me be a student you know let me just explore that it was it was right. fun you know i made some really great friends from all over the world again you know san francisco melting pot of so many different you know cultures okay. and ethnicities it was it was really fun So I did that and then I but what a year for me to get into the job market 2008 2009 wow. <laughs> we all know what happened <laughs> So it's the best ever time to graduate <laughs> Exactly right yeah I graduated and then everything just yeah I was just everything just tanked I'm like okay so I was almost like working on OPT without any pay for almost one year of that OPT Wow. Uh I was just volunteering and then I realized that uh then I 
got a job into a non-profit, a filmmaking non-profit, which is, which is great. However, I realized that if I want to sustain my filmmaking, you know, independent filmmaking is, is challenging because at right. the end of the day, you are, you know, you're either using your own funds or applying for grants, getting donations, so or doing some freelancing jobs. So, you know, maneuvering through all that while making your own film is always very challenging. It's literally like you have to wear you know, several hats just to make your films happen. And then in 2000, in fact, I mean, now I'm really moving forward in 2018. I was doing, um, I mean, lots of freelancing jobs. I got an opportunity to work with uh, producers and directors like Davis Guggenham, you know, who made an Inconvenient Truth. Yeah. So had had some really great exposure while working in Los Angeles. That's awesome. Yeah, I was really lucky and he's such an awesome person and really enjoyed, you know, working with him and his his crew. Uh, And then I realized after moving to New York that, okay, if I'm going to work with a production company throughout the day, and then come back and make my own film, it's really going to mess up my mind, you know, because I need something, you know, which is, which goes a little beyond then, you know, what I really want to do. And then I transitioned into tech in 2018, uh, 2017, wow. 2018, I decided wow. that I want to become a designer, a user experience designer, because I just felt that, you know, as a documentary filmmaker, we delve a lot into, you know, showcasing problems and, you know, delving a lot into just you know getting out what the issue is all about but I mean I mean of course you can find solutions like you know by partnering with people and collaborating with the right organizations and all but we you know I really wanted to be a part of the solution so somewhere I felt that you know UX design was a step forward you know it was like an extension of what I was already doing as a documentary filmmaker so I now I have transitioned for my day job as a user experience designer and then I manage my filmmaking in wow, the nights like I'm talking to at 10 30 no, amazing and, uh, yeah, and weekends and holidays so yeah that's how I sustain my filmmaking so, now yeah so one one <laughs> phrase you said stood out which is mm-hmm. being part of the solution right yeah. and I've I've seen your other documentary beyond silence mm. I, I, I saw that and Thank so I, I know that you're a filmmaker who likes to provide an insight into communities whose struggles mm. are often ignored by the majority so Looking looking at the trend, I see, okay, Beyond Silence, which is on the plight of, uh, you know, deaf people. You've yeah. got uh, Alien, which is on this. So you always like this throughout. You're like, you see a problem and you're like, you know what? I need to fix this. And yeah. is that something that drives you to uh, accomplish a lot of things that you've done? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very nice of you to say. You're right. Actually, you did somewhere. I, I mean, as I said earlier, right, that I do, I, I don't get, um, rattled or I, I don't get scared by unknown areas or unknown aspects of life. It's like when I entered into the world of deaf people, that was not intimidating because otherwise, because I don't know sign language, nor did I have anybody, you know, in my um, close circles who had gone through that experience, you know, of having deafness. However, you know, just for me, the fact that, you know, when I was working on that film, um, the statistics were so jarring. Like India arguably has the largest deaf population in the world. And at that time, wow. the official number of sign language interpreters was just 250. So there was like Whoa. 18 million. The yeah. whole of India? Yes. People who are trained and educated to be sign language interpreters, right? So that, yeah, that was wow. like when I heard. And I mean, it was just bizarre. And for me, it was like, okay, there, there's this statistics of 18 million people you know that are and that's deaf. an official count right like that's an it, official it, count yeah yes that's an official count i mean let's not i mean if you ask people i mean if you actually i have a longer version of the documentary also rahul i'm happy to share that link with you because that's still a password protected i'd love to see it yeah uh, yeah. yeah we can have the, one the that show is, notes for sure yeah, absolutely. Because the one that is um, there on YouTube, because that was on, on PBS. Yeah. yeah, it's a 15 minute because that was on PBS also. Okay. But yeah, I have a longer version. In that, in fact, you know, when we, I've gone into extensive interviews, people have actually said that, yeah, there are just one or two uh, sign language interpreters. Because there are just one or two people who really understand the nuances of sign language the way deaf people would like them to understand. Right? So education wow. and training is one thing. But the implementation and the use of it is another thing. So at that time, it was like that, you know, when I shot the documentary. So you're right. So I, for me, it was just fascinating, but it was fascinating in the terms, I would say it was disturbing. 
that this is so wrong. You know, yeah. this is this is not right. 100%. And again, you know, for me, I yeah, I guess the bent of mine was the same. That I wanted to put a face on that statistics, which is something I've done again, you know, for Alien also. Yes. That when you talk about 18 million deaf people, you know, who are these people? What are their lives? You know, what are their emotions? What are their struggles? You know, what are their day-to-day lives? So that is what I showed in that film too. And that's what I've done in Alien. That When you talk about 1.4 skilled immigrants are waiting for green cards <laughs> and then there is this multi-decade you know backlog like who are these people you know who are really going through that you know it's not just plain statistics you know on paper or you can just look at it and just you know click some other button and go out of that uh you know whatever page you're reading so yeah so i guess that that is the i think that is the quest that i have that i really want to know why awesome. situations are the way they are it's like you know, why is it like that? And I think, yeah. you know, that is where it really overlaps. And be a with part my, of the solution. Yeah, UX designer thing. And yeah, and then why not be a part of solution? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And, and for me, you know, finding any solution starts with accepting and acknowledging the problem. Mm-hmm. Unless you do that, you can never, ever get to the solution. Right? Now, if high-scale immigration, unless, we, I mean, of course, we as a community, people who go through visa issues and backlog issues, know that is a problem. But unless the larger, you know, in the, in the public domain, there is no penetration of this thing that this is a problem. And yeah, speaking of, you know, finding a solution for this big, hairy monster of a problem, like uh, um, I understand on a high level that Alien is is a story of the journey of like five families in, in you know, different states who, who are in this system, who are stuck in the system. So, I mean, uh, without, you know, giving spoilers or the entire, like, storyline of what it is, uh, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about, you know, uh, those families, uh, where they come from, like, and what was a particular reason, you know, you decided to choose them? Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I have five families. I mean, of course, I interviewed a lot of, uh, you know, people who were stuck on... Um, stuck in the green card backlog they were on at various stages of you know in that green card process mm-hmm. some some of them were on h4 visas and h1bs mm-hmm. but then ultimately you know you when you have to build the narrative right you mm-hmm. have to basically you have to build a story so for that story i kind of you know filtered it down to these five families and okay um and then the idea was that you know i wanted to show as much as possible diverse uh, representation so i have doctors uh, I have two doctors. I have one psychologist. Wow. Now, the psychologist was very important for me because we were dealing during that time uh, pandemic, right? Oh wow! And, uh, yeah. Right. So and it has been um, recorded that World Health Organization had already said that along with pandemic, you know, depression and anxiety was the biggest pandemic during that time world over. Wow. And psychologists and people, you know, from the from that field were really busy and you know trying and working hard to make communities, you know, sane and, you know, fully functional, you know, with their abilities and, you know, lending their expertise. So I do have a psychologist, you know, who, uh, she was a community, uh, sorry, I, I should say that community clinical psychologist, you know, who was working. Okay. And then what okay. happened with her, you know, visa. And so we have a story about that. Uh, we have story of two scientists. Wow. Who are absolutely, you know, brilliant and they want to, you know, start their companies. And, you know, they, we have a story about them. We have two entrepreneurs, again, a hus- you know, husband, wife, uh, a couple. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, want to start companies and, you know, they, they tell about their story. And then we have um story of Sunaina. You know, everybody knows about Sunaina Dubala right. and the tragic right. uh, situation she and her family had to go through. Because of, you know, what happened to her husband, you know, he was shot by a white supremacist. So we have, you know, so and so the the doctor couple that I was talking about, you know, they have a daughter, you know, who is going to turn 21. So they are going that their families, I mean, of course, they are stuck in a green card backlog, but their stories about, you know, the aging out of the kid and then how they're coping with that situation. Yeah. And to give our listeners some context, like the, the, in the current system, how it is, is that if you haven't received your green card, like you're only midway through the process, like for folks who are Indian nationals, because there's such a, yeah. I don't know, 100 plus year queue backlog right now. Yeah. Um, if their minors or dependents turn 
21, they cannot be on a dependent visa anymore and they need to switch out. And uh, that's caused a lot of kids like to age out of yeah. the system. Like it's such a fine loophole. I don't like and comes back to what you were talking about, this idea of immigration reform that happened in 65. I don't think the folks then could envision a time where like, oh, you would have these many people coming in that there'd be a backlog and you'd have dependents and kids aging out of the system. Right. Uh, and it's so crazy that all of that is coming out and, and still nothing nothing is being done about it. It's 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 pretty sad. To add a note there, I mean, I think it's important to give credit where credit's due. And USCIS being notoriously slow, they still recently in the last one, two months, we kind of spoke about this in our last episode. Yep. We have made an update to this, which is nice to know that we are slowly but steadily moving in the right direction. Emphasis on slowly, but I think it's good that there is something out there now. I think uh, they've changed the way they calculate the aging out. Uh, calculation yep, I, yeah, the, I think uh, it's it's the date of filing rather than the final action date or something exactly. something along those like People are unhappy because we're not addressing the larger solution in itself. Exactly. But I'm I mean, I was happy that some, I, I'll take it, you know, I'll take it. Yeah, no, it's a, point, it's a, what I heard, yeah, yeah, you're right. What I heard was it's going to, it's going to help a very small section, you know, of the aging out kids population. So it's okay. a good step in the right direction. Yes, we have to acknowledge right. that, but you know, right. it's, it's, I mean, it's almost like, uh, we cannot be happy about it, uh, you know, fully happy about it. You know, right, so right. let's not settle for it because if we become so, you're right. It's 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 a good step, and maybe you know it could lead to you know the one major step that we really need is that nobody should really age out. I mean, there shouldn't exactly. be no concept yeah. of aging out, according to me. It just doesn't make sense. You know, just because right. you're 21, you're thrown out of the queue. So hopefully that happens. But yeah, so it's going to just you know try and help a very small section of kids who are in the aging out. Process. Absolutely, it's not the solution uh, we need. Yeah, but it's a step in the it's a step in the direction yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you the larger how did you problems still exist? These people yeah. though, how like what? How did you find your subjects for your movie? Like, was there a process? Uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, of course, you know. I mean, uh, uh, reading articles and then finding people from you know who are those you know those people you know who are instrumental in probably talking about certain things or you know maybe you know they I mean if if I find I mean it happened like. Right. So, I mean, I can start from like 2015 when I actually started the process of contacting people. Mm -hmm. So immigration wise, you know, Vikram uh, Desai, you know, from immigration wise, I just saw his article. He was featured in some article and then okay. I just got in touch with him uh, uh, through Facebook. And I said, hey, you know, I'm so and so I'm working on this film and I would like to you know, get in touch with you. And I still remember he's like, do I know you? I said, no, you don't know me. Of course not. <laughs> But I said, I want to talk to you. But he was absolutely generous. And, you know, he we, we spoke. And then after that, since then, we've been in touch, you know, because uh, he connected me with a lot of people from Immigration Voice. Because, you know, those were the people who were really, you know, they're working at the grassroots level to make change, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. uh, for high-skilled immigrants. And, of course, then, you know, there are many other allied organizations, you know, and people are members of that. And so... So one thing, you know, it's, it's of course word of mouth also, right? You know, that you're, you know, talking to one family and then, you know, I just let them know that, you know, help me reach out to other people. Right. But, you know, I have to mention here that there were very, very, very few people. They were, they were comfortable with the fact that, oh, you know, you're making a film, which is great. But they were absolutely not comfortable about talking about it, and especially on camera. Right. And, and that's what I was coming to, like... Typically, like stuff. in what we have seen in our experience, like, you know, we talk yeah. between each other, like folks who are going through a similar experience, like, you know, for me and Rahul, like, you know, we talk yeah. about like, all these stresses that we go through. But there's there's always this, this I'd say, like uh, hesitancy in actually coming to a public forum, like, you know, whether it be a newspaper article or, yeah. or you know, YouTube or whatever it is for, for folks to talk about this. And, and at the end of the day, that's... That's what's going to get other people to listen, right? You exactly. It, it. I think there's this stigma around the fact that uh, you know f immigrants who come here, like you know, you're supposed to put your lay your head down, do the work, and you know, make the American dream happen. And 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 for some reason, I feel a lot of people feel that you know, talking about their problems, especially navigating through the system, will 
does not make it seem that way and, and they'll they would be looked upon differently and, and that could yeah. be a reason why and obviously you know this better than anybody else when, when making fear, this film right i mean it the fear is always going to be there right what if someone seizes yeah. and retaliates you know yeah like, yep so yep. that's no one wants to put their livelihood or their futures or careers at risk right exactly exactly so it's uh, i'm sure that's going to be a huge deterrent in folks actually saying hey you know what i hate your size i hate this the weight that i'm going to be put through or what it is like sure at the back of their head they're like oh what if tomorrow <laughs> something goes wrong again just because i've sp- opened up my mouth you know yeah i mean see freedom of speech uh in true sense you know it's uh, i mean it's it's good to have it in the books and you know as a policy <laughs> and in the constitution yeah. right but for people to feel really empowered that they can actually uh, use it and implement it and practice it you know that's a complete different scenario we are talking about but, but see, that's the, that's the yeah. irony right like we yes. pay the taxes as a citizen <laughs> like we pay like taxes like any other citizen then uh, whatever it is but but everything else yeah. you know when it comes to money the government takes their share but but everything else like uh, no nope, you, you you can't talk or there's limitations around it earning your own livelihood in today's day and time i mean according to me at any day in any age uh, you know it was necessary but well let's not go there but uh, <laughs> just depriving somebody just doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense right. because see one one of the characters in my film actually spoke about it that okay. if you are earning you're paying taxes yep. if you're not earning you're not paying taxes so in whose benefit it is right if you are oh, dependent wow. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, just think about that's it. That's a yeah. I never thought of it that way. My God, that's crazy! Like, it almost sounds like the IRS made the immigration system at this point, right? I'm I'm sure they don't want to deal with the backlog and processing more taxes. They're like, hey, let's just hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they they'd probably love to do that. It's like more money, right? Like, I I don't think the IRS should have a problem at this point. But like, yeah, I mean, coming back to this, like, how how difficult was it for you to like? build a film around like such a complex topic like you know immigration it's 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 not at all easy even, even political parties are messing it up so badly right now uh, you know in congress and how 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 did you go about like you know coming up with you know how how do you bring about like a, a coherent message for for the film that you've done Yeah I mean it is definitely very complex I mean for people who have to maneuver it day in and day out also it's I mean, it's like a how do I say? It can completely mess up your brain, according to me. If you have to just mm-hmm. go through the different kind of forms that you have to fill, like let's yep. not forget about the renewals and the amount of money that is involved in all this. Yeah, money is yep. a big part of oh, this. Yeah. Let's not forget oh, that, yeah. right? Every renewal, every form. I mean, it's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. It's not like you know, few <laughs> cents or anything. Anyway, that's I think I think as of last month, some even go into the thousands now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So it's a very complex world of immigration, and for me, I would say you know my main objective was that this film has to reach the you know the far interiors and the remotest of places of US. You know where they right. just know that there are these you know people who are outsiders. You know, quote unquote outsiders who come from right. other countries. Uh-huh. They. you know they are different right so but i wanted the, the objective here is that they need to get an awareness about you know who these immigrants are and you know what do they do what do they contribute how do they thrive here you know with their contributions they are law abiding tax paying residents of this country mm-hmm. now if i have to let them know you know what issues they are facing which are mm-hmm. immigration issues which are extremely mm-hmm. complex with all these technical jargons that you have in our in our immigration world that right. was the biggest biggest challenge because now if i i just i mean my characters are using words like h1b's and ts160's and i485 and i140 right and i'm sitting there i'm like okay you know when when i when i was interviewing them you know in my mind it was like okay how i'm going to break this down for a absolutely you know uh, i wouldn't say uh, because see unless you come across immigration issues you really don't understand 
Right. So if, if a citizen, you know, if a US, somebody who is an American citizen would never know. And I don't blame them because if they don't have to deal with it, why would they like, what fine day? Let me find about H1B visas. <laughs> exactly. Who is going to do that, you know? Why would it? Would we do that? No, we no, won't we do won't. that, right? Spot on, spot on. not bother. So it's, it's exactly the same thing that I said, okay, if he or she has to be made aware about it, how am I going to do that? So that was the biggest challenge along with, keeping the balance of the human emotions. You know, that was always my thing that I don't want to get, I don't want to make this like an, you know, uh, an encyclopedia about what is immigration. Let's start with H1B. No, not that kind of, you know, (laughs) not that kind of, um, how do I say, the grammar of the film. You know, it has to be, yeah, it has to be more of a storytelling, you know, of human emotions and everything about the lives of high-skilled immigrants. But whenever, so we, we've kind of, you know, added a lot of animations and a lot of text, but it is, it is more about giving, you know, those basic, basic things that you need to understand the plight of high-skilled immigrants. Let me put mm-hmm. it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you, you know, have so of course, helping you? Yes. I mean, well, it started as a, you know, lone soldier, just me, you know, with okay. everything, research and production. But then I have this really excellent, um, team now you know which has just come together it has like, it happened very organically like i remember in 2017 when we first started filming this um uh film i reached okay. out to my grad school's uh great friend david barrow he i mean he was already an accomplished cinematographer uh, and he had come to san francisco you know to pursue his master's so that is how we got to know each other and i just reached okay. out to him in 2017 after graduating after several years after graduating i said hey david i'm making this film would you like to, you know, just join me? He's like, yeah, what do we have to do? Anytime wow. with you. So we awesome. actually went backpacking. You know, wow. I was in California then. He was in Texas. He's still in Texas. And we just went backpacking and came to actually the East Coast for almost like 15 okay. days. Just two of us. We were like, he was doing the camera and sound. And I was doing the direction and producing and everything. And we went to four families. Wow. One in Atlanta, uh, in Boston, we came to the Massachusetts and Rhode Island area, and then in, in Pittsburgh and Atlanta, and then we went to Cincinnati. So these were the four, you know, places we covered. And okay. we literally awesome. just, you know, it was just two of us, you know, filming for almost these many days. And then I went back and then shot a few more stories. And then during the pandemic, I literally had to just reach out to the local cinematographers because I couldn't travel. Oh. So, so we had few interviews over Zoom, but the characters, wow. you know, like I can talk wow. about Lopa, who is the community clinical psychologist, you know, so she actually has done camera herself because she had to, you know, play some of the equipment in her room when I was interviewing her while I was here on Zoom. And then I had to, you know, get, get, a, get a cameraman to go and shoot, you know, more extensive interviews and B-roll. And then they were all masked up and all. So it's been quite a, yeah, exciting adventure, you know, to get this all done. And then I shot with Sunaina and um, the doctor couple whose mm-hmm. kid is aging out myself. I was literally just one single person doing it because, again, it was wow. the pandemic time. I didn't really want to carry a crew in, you know, people's home homes. It was, I mean, I just didn't feel comfortable because they were absolutely generous and more than happy, you know, to really really you know express you know what they were going through but i just felt you know i have to in the interest of everybody's you know safety and comfort so we had to you know maneuver and you know <laughs> make all these adjustments and you know changes but it was it was fun i think it i think it worked out but yeah it has come together only because of the you know well well wishes and you know good uh, i would say positive vibes of so many friends and you know people who are associated with the film and not to mention now this was production for animation, you know, and for music and now, you know, for the post-production, it, it's, it's just fascinating, you know, how... Let's talk about the music. You, you shared something yeah. very interesting when we were talking on the phone, which I really want to yeah. say. Let's talk about the music. Who did the music for the film? There so was a very music, cool story that you told me. Yeah. So music is composed by Michelle Tayabji. He's like, you know, he's already very, very popular in Hollywood. He's composed films for many, many, many successful films. And he's an Oscar and Emmy uh, nominated music composer. And the interesting fact is that four years back, uh, actually, I would say before even 2017, before even we, you know, came to the East Coast backpacking, I had interviewed him 
because this film had started germinating in my mind since 2015. And then I had started interviewing people, right? Um, I went and interviewed him. Somehow, I don't know. I don't even remember, honestly, how I got in touch with him. Really, I have forgotten <laughs> that. I have forgotten that link now. That, But I landed at Michelle's studio and I extensively interviewed him about his journey uh, of, you know, becoming a citizen here. And I have all this footage of him. And then after cut to like, you know, last year, I reached out to him and I said, hi, Michelle, I hope you remember me. He's like, of course. I am like, do you remember I had interviewed? And then he asked me, yeah, how is it going? I said, yeah, it's going well. But I just wanted to tell you that I'm not using your interview, but I want you to compose for my film. <laughs> <laughs> and he was absolutely like, totally more than happy to be, be awesome. part of the film. Yeah. And he's, he's, I mean, he's it must have resonated with him quite a bit, right? The cause for him to actually uh, help out in a different way. Yes. Just to be a part of, part of this. Yeah. Uh, part of the film yeah he told me that because... He could empathize with the story, you know, and the stories of all the characters. Uh, and in fact, um, another thing that I can definitely tell that I have lent my voice for the end credits. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I have sung in, uh, in the end, yeah, because I have a background in music. I have learned Indian classical music. My whole family is a family wow. of singers. So, so I, I told him about that. Of, you know, I've talked to you quite a bit and I, came, I stumbled upon a website of your brother, Salil. Oh, okay. I, yes, I, yes. I, I, I've uh, I've uh, stalked you extensively to prepare for this, and I saw oh, the okay. uh, website. Yeah, it's Gitanjali. Uh, yes, Gitanjali Express. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Wow, you've really done your research. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he sings professionally. I don't sing professionally. I did a little bit of singing while I was in Mumbai because you know all my uh, director and music director friends they knew that I sing so. Even when I was an executive producer, they said, would you like to sing for the, you know, this, nice. this song in the television, whatever series? I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, yeah. so I absolutely volunteered for it that. It only so makes that sense now that you were working for Antakshri, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's fought on, man. That's for that's yeah. super late. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that was fun. So, yeah, I, so Vishen said, okay, you know, let's, let's compose something and you can sing for the end credits. So, yeah, I've just learned some, you know, vocals. I mean, it's not like extensive. Wow. Big time, you know, lyrics oriented singing, but it's, it's, it was fun. Yeah, just recording something. I mean, it's like, I, I just want to like point this out, like the sort of grit and perseverance you need to do something. And and again, like giving some of our listeners context, with it, you're, you're not in the, like you're not technically part of the system anymore. You're, you're a permanent resident here in the US and you obviously don't, like, I don't want to call it that way. Like, you don't need to be doing this stuff. Like you don't, don't need, need to be- yeah, you're. You've, you've like jumped the hurdles, you've crossed the finish line and like, you know, you're like, oh, you know, whatever, let, let the other person figure out the stuff. And, and the sort of energy and effort and grit you've put in, like, like, I mean, no, you agree, Rahul, like, think of it, in the middle of a pandemic, you've, you're talking over Zoom to a local camera crew in another city and, uh, and, and shooting no, the stuff. It's with, why I resonated so much with phrase that she said, part of the solution. Because that, uh-huh. that was spot on. That was spot on, right? It like Sanjay said, you didn't you don't need to do all this. Still you're putting yeah. in so much time and effort to spread our plight out to everyone. Yeah, you've gone through it. Right? No one shut the door behind you. Yep. You're, you're actually making an effort to keep it open or make it make a bigger door if possible, you know. <laughs> or at least shine light that there's a door there, like, you know, or uh, you know, it's and and it's and I, I have commend on that that's amazing like uh no yeah i mean i uh i agree uh i would say as a community also i have seen it myself and i understand i mean where uh what you're saying it's it's coming i, I mean just to give a context i know that there are people who have crossed whatever you know they've gone on the other side whatever that other side is <laughs> the dark side <laughs> in star wars terms. yeah <laughs> it's like you know, some kind of, uh, it's like, okay, now they are done, you know, it's like over and done with, you know, one part of immigrant life. And now, in fact, we became citizens in 2022. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. 2022 or 2021, actually. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, in 2021, actually. So we became citizens, um, like, fairly recently now, in fact. But yeah, I, as I said, you know... I, while I was going through whatever immigration issues, 
after getting the green card and then after becoming a citizen also it's almost like but this is not right you know what is happening is not right you know it's not fair it's not justice you know to the larger community so just because i was lucky or you know i could get out of the the this whole maze of you know visas and the bureaucratic you know ways of you know whatever you know hassles that we have to go through i just feel i mean it's it's extremely sad that you know what people have to go through i mean can you imagine your 21 year old daughter you know and of an accomplished couple you know who are doctors who are doing so much for the community they are an extremely accomplished couple and just looking into your kids eyes and you know somewhere you have to convey that you will have to leave the country you will have to self deport just because i didn't get a green card i mean i cannot imagine that like gosh and i have seen it with my own eyes you know how they have expressed their story is gut wrenching sure. yeah so for me it was always like i have to do this you know there is a very famous phrase in maharashtra from where i come from okay? okay i have to say this you can use it if you want or you can edit it whatever it's your <laughs> choice but they always say that uh, there should be one shivaji born in every uh, every family okay you know chhatrapati oh, shivaji okay. right yep yep oh, okay. oh oh yes we know <laughs> right there should be a shivaji born in every family but not in our family Yeah, in the neighbor's oh, house or somebody oh, else's. Oh wow! Basically, okay. the idea is Shivaji, Chhatrapati Shivaji was such a valiant king. Everybody knows his stories, right? Right, right. But the risks, wow! The risks, the sacrifice, and the absolute the the bravery that he had to show, and his whole family had to you know back him up. Everybody is like, okay, somebody else should do that work, you know? Why all, all that hard work? Yeah. So yeah, so that has somewhere. St- I mean, I'm not as great as Chhatrapati Shivaji. I'm not at all. I'm nowhere near, you know, the valiant <laughs> king himself. But that has always stayed with me. That if something is not right, if something doesn't, you know, it makes you like feel for that. Why wait for somebody else to you know go and fix the problem or even highlight the problem? As I said, for me, my job is here to highlight the problem. Let me try doing it. You know, let right. me take that risk. Let me do that whatever those sacrifices are needed. So yeah, that was the only attempt. I'm I'm excited for the movie. Where can we watch it? When is it coming out? Yes, so we are releasing next week. It's a premiere of the film after five years. Uh, I would say, wow. yeah. Wow. It's five years in the making, and finally the baby is ready to come out after five years. <laughs> so it's on March ninth, um, next Thursday, in mm-hmm. Kansas, actually. So forever welcome. The um, the nonprofit that Sunaina actually found, uh, along with welcoming Casey. You know they have come together and they are putting up this um, premiere of the film awesome. in Kansas City. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's such a small world. Kansas City is so close to our hearts because Sanjay and I went to school just two hours. Yeah, and and Kansas Casey City is a beautiful city. Like I got love Aurora. I love Casey cool. downtown, especially in the summers. Wow. Like, and uh, of course, like for those of you who who, yes, uh, who are listening right now, don't know the the history or the connection uh-huh. that Kansas City has with this movie is one of the characters, uh, Sunaina Dumala. Uh, she is the spouse of um, uh, Srinivas Kochiputla, who was. Uh, actually killed by a white supremacist uh, in 2017 if i'm not mistaken uh, while he was just out having a drink at a bar with a friend in kansas and uh, just speaks to how difficult it was like I've, i mean i just uh, know like a, from a few newspaper articles about like how sunena had to like overcome this whole immigration system after going through such a a uh, personal tragedy like uh like she had to leave the country and and things like that and, and they ended up getting some congress people involved before she could come back or things like that it's, it just speaks to like you know it's everything like an immigrant's life in the US is built on a deck of cards and that foundation is the USCIS like literally any decision that you want to do you want to buy a house or like you know even raise kids or like whatever it is it's 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 just like one single card away from everything falling apart and uh, you know with with the tech layoffs and everything going on right now i i wouldn't be surprised like so many people who have had to literally pack up 
and leave uh, you know after spending more than like a decade here building entire lives and communities around them uh, it 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 sucks like and uh, yeah uh, it's 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 such a this this movie i think comes at the right time like yeah. uh, that you know a lot of people should know what what's going on right like the society of the community is just healing from uh, the, the layoffs yeah and and it's very important for people who who haven't been in the system to to understand the 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 human element of that like it's it's not a bunch of papers or like just people and when most folks understand oh these are like highly skilled people like oh they'll get a job anywhere or like you know they can move any place or any country you know it's it's not that's not how it works like and i think what i'm looking forward to the fact is that i'm excited to see the conversation that is going to be initiated once people see this right we're going to start talking about it we're going to start talking about it in public platforms we're going to share this with people it's going to touch a, not just the community <laughs> because we are so you know intimately connected with other colleagues or our people so everyone's going to see this and they're going to talk over they're like oh shit is this what everyone has to go to because uh, a lot of my colleagues they don't understand they think it's you you come here you're given a visa and you just work <laughs> they don't know i have to get out of That's like 500000 people applying they don't know yeah. i have to wait 50 years to get a green card i'm just excited to see the conversation yeah. that is going to start like that's what i'm looking forward to it's almost like a reality check uh, uh, you know when you yep. have people around uh, yep. who are working on visas yep. and they are going about living their lives yep. but uh, people around don't know you know what their life is they feel like oh they are just like us you know people who are you know of course you know who believe in inclusion and you know diversity you know they exactly. they don't really consider as outsiders they are like okay you are doing a good job and you are you know one of us which is great however there is a layer to our you know lives as an immigrant you know if, especially if you are on h1b especially if you are on h4 and green card backlog so i i really feel you know that aspect of immigrant immigrants around i hope you know people empathize with that and get curious about it at least like it's almost like i feel somebody who is on h4 ead who is a doctor you know working in the remote areas yep. of us where probably in 80 miles radius you know there is no other doctor than that one single doctor and it not be an indian doctor it could be from any country yeah. you know who is on a mm-hmm. visa who is stuck in a green card backlog so if that that population sees this film and then gets curious about this doctor that i want to know is he or is she going through something like that at least you know be curious about it if they are comfortable talking about it ask them and then probably reach out to your senators and you know uh you know people from you know from the bureaucracy who can really make something you know about it right so that is yep that's yeah. that's, that's true yeah. and so you said um, the the release is on uh, yeah. march 9th exactly. right in in kansas are you are you planning to have more screenings around different parts of the us like is it coming on any streaming platforms or yeah yeah in fact that's the plan okay. so we have a two prong approach for the distribution part of the film so okay. one is the you know the traditional one where as an indif- independent film we will definitely be uh you know going through the festi- film festival route you know all over i mean in the us and around the world okay. you know that's the objective okay then pbs is another platform then we are oh, wow. definitely you know working working out on you know streaming platform you know some nice yeah some very so so that it's all in the works right now you know so that that approach is all in the works but the other approach is about actually you know reaching out to communities and organizations and corporations you know by having these public screenings so nice. i'm absolutely open about that you know so that we can basically and it could be in any avenue right it could be a university it could be a library a public library it could be a company you know who employs uh, you know immigrants and you know they just want to screen the film or like something like what serena and her foundation is doing right uh, with welcoming kc so that is another approach we are taking you know for the distribution of the film because the the idea is that it has to reach out to the masses right. and not right. get restricted right. only you know in the immigrant community So that is I would say the north star yeah So so if I may ask like so if somebody wants like there's this like a public community that that wants to do a screening do they directly get in touch with you through your website yes. to to okay uh-huh. great great so and yeah for for our listeners we'll we'll be adding show notes about you know uh the website uh where you can actually go and check out the trailer and also more information about Vidyut and the rest of our work and and the documentary itself 
and uh, of course i also want to point out the fact like uh, this is a personal project of hers and it's it's probably taken a lot of financial resources uh, as well and so she's also set up a fundraising campaign so if any of you are interested in you know putting playing your part uh, uh, you know helping her out and the rest of the team uh, i mean it just helps get this message out to more people that's right. all uh, this this film does and if you do a part even if not anything else you know you can contribute something financially that that would be I mean, fantastic every, every and, dollar uh, will count and will go along yeah it. and we'll we'll be adding even if even if even if you don't want to do that yep, just yes. for sure I, like talk about the movie talk about it on your platform of choice talk about it on facebook instagram twitter linkedin any platform that you're comfortable just talk about the movie you, you you just say you're excited to watch it maybe after you've seen it talk of what you've seen what what appealed to you what did not just put it out there i think uh, at this point any any help that we can get in spreading the word will go a long way and you're actually not just helping with you you're actually helping yourself because the, yeah, the exactly. what you're doing right now will eventually come back in dividends and help you out in the long run if we get the amount of traction that we hope this is going to get right and and it's not just like for folks who who understand the system like the us immigration system anybody for that matter like just by spreading the word about this film like uh, getting people a bit more educated about how complex and difficult it is to navigate this system um you know if uh, that actually helps uh, you know some congress person like understand this better like oh this is actually a very big problem we need to do something about it uh, that you you are doing your part because um you know america is 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 a society built uh, by immigrants and and immigrants have like contributed so much to to this country they they've done everything and uh, just just doing something a small token appreciation of what what you know this uh, all these generations of immigrants have done to this great country like it 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 would yeah it, it would multiply like compound like crazy as far as i understand or you know so what's next for you vidyut like after the launch of uh, alien and in, of course this obviously going to be you're involved in the screening distribution um, you know all those streaming companies and festivals process and stuff but i think vidyut's probably going to be the next senator from connecticut no <laughs> <laughs> me no <Yeah>. <laughs> no aspirations whatsoever <laughs> no i'm happy i'm happy being a how do i say uh, a catalyst you know who can who can probably inspire and uh, motivate uh, change you know as much as i can and as a creative you know person i think yeah i'm i'm interested in those pursuits for sure so yeah definitely i'll continue filmmaking i do have few ideas but I, you know for 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 the next project of course but for now yeah i have to nurture this baby called alien <laughs> any any peeks into what's cooking inside your head i uh, know maybe project. for the next episode yes <laughs> that's that's our that's our hook for bringing vidyut the next time hopefully she comes back again yes. <laughs> yeah definitely i would love to and yeah exclusive podcasting rights have been backed by area 51 uh, yeah no but you know for now i mean i really feel um for people you know if they can come together and help us you know because we made this film you know with with a lot of love it's a labor of love and it really needs the support and traction you know from from people now you know it's almost like if we can generate that momentum you know then we can create that impact we can and even as i said you know if we want to have i mean there are solutions we know there are solutions there you know to improve the situation for high skilled immigrants and the the absolutely absurd and inhuman backlog mm-hmm. however you know the the problem i think you know there is there is a disconnect that there is no acceptance there is no acknowledgement there is no awareness there yep. is no education yep. of this problem right so we are trying our best you know to kind of you know make people aware about it and i really feel that you know if you're creating policies and you know all this you know politicians coming together and you know finding out ways to solve the problem but unless you know who are you dealing with you know as we call in our user experience right. world you know these are the representatives these are the personas mm-hmm. but you know they are the they are live people of course you know they are not any fictional people that we are addressing in this film but these are these are live people these are you know real examples right. but these are the representation and in a very small way i mean we all have unique situations and circumstances people have gone through 
you know so but these five, five families have gone through certain situations and circumstances and we have tried to you know throw some light on that mm-hmm. and just giving a perspective just giving you a sense of what it is to be a high skilled immigrant in this country so if people can you know get that hook that okay this is what it takes and this is what it is going to you know take the amount of effort to improve the situation i think that will be a good success for the film oh and 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 i just like to thank you on behalf of everyone off from from us from literally everyone yep. in the system thank you for uh, actually taking the time putting in the effort and seeing this through to the finish line thank you thanks for having uh, me we really appreciate that in um, yeah no it, it's a mammoth undertaking okay. and like um you know with all things said uh, goes back to what i was saying earlier like Uh, you don't have like a sort of necessity at this point of time to to do something like this like you know but but you've uh, you've yeah. taken the mantle and you've done like a phenomenal job bringing this out into the world and uh, yeah i i just like to add on to what rahul said it's a, it's a great pleasure in, uh, having you here and uh, thank you very much for doing what you've done okay. thank you thank you so much for having me seriously this was fun <laughs> this is really a fun chat we had and i hope you get something out of it oh, to put in your episode for sure for yeah. sure definitely yeah. uh, bring us to the end of this amazing episode uh we're glad to have you with us with you hopefully you, you come back in uh, in a couple of months and we have a chat on how uh, how how it's been yep. you know the release the reception what uh, what the uh, what the testimonials are from people who've seen the movie and uh, we'd love to have you back to talk a little bit more about that so i hope we see we uh, see you in a couple of yes, months yes uh, of course to i would love to yeah, one. definitely anytime thank you so awesome. much both of you yeah i think this was this is really fun and to all the listeners of your podcast yes please support alien uh, in whichever shape and form you can definitely watch the film when it comes on a streaming platform and we'll definitely you know keep updating everybody about the progress and yep. whatever new updates we have the film on our website and through sanjay and rahul <laughs> yep for sure and like if um, you guys are interested you can you can uh, just sign up on uh, the link that we provide in our show notes where uh, once the film comes available on any streaming platforms you'd get an email notification where you can watch it as well um so that's something we are going to add as well uh, so Yeah thank you thank you so much Vidyut and thank you everyone for for taking the time for listening to this episode uh and uh, and this amazing uh documentary that she's made uh, we we hope everybody listening you know goes and have a look at this and uh and probably spread the message as well cuz uh, like Rahul said it 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 helps all of us like it's uh, uh you know a system level change that you can bring about just just by sharing that that message And as always let us know how you liked the episode if there's something that you liked or didn't like shoot us an email tell us about it if you'd like to get in touch with Vidyut we can uh, let us know we'd, we'd be more than happy to share her uh, email address and if you want to reach out to her and see how you'd like to be involved with the uh, screening of Alien it's pretty exciting to get your friends and your community members together to watch it so so reach out and we'll be more than happy to connect you with Vidyut as always see you next time Thank you.